Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to our vacation episode of Hi, How Are You? As we mentioned in our last episode, we're going on vacation this week, and so we're releasing a episode from our patron-only feed. If you're interested in hearing more of the patron-only episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash hi, how are you? You can join for as little as $2 a month. Hope you enjoy this little epi, and we'll see you next week in the patron-only episode on Wednesday and in the regular episode on Sunday. Shavuotov. shit I'm about to deliver to you. I'm shaking with excitement about what I'm about to share with you. Whoa. A quiver with anticipation. I'm not sure what to make of this shit, Hava. It's ridiculous. Let's make a podcast, huh? Let's make a podcast. Michael? Yes. Inquiring minds want to know. Hi, how are you? Oh my lord. I'm so excited for today's episode. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I really can't hide it. I'm a little scared because like after I record this, I'm afraid I might crash. Oh, yeah, I get that. That's how I feel when I teach like a long Talmud class. I think today's episode will tell more about how I am than what anything I could say right now. So I'm just going to go straight to you and say, okay, Hava, how are you? Uh, I'm well, Baruch Hashem. Today, my boyfriend and I are now officially in like the final phase of our apartment application. We had our rental references cleared and our finances cleared, and now they're doing a credit and background check. This is all so kooky because we're actually only applying to be on the wait list for this apartment complex. So there's not even a specific unit available necessarily, but still, it'll be very exciting to have that done. And I really hope we get to live there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it feels very grown up. You know, we've been talking about like, where will we get a couch? Where will we get a bookshelf? You know, all those kinds of like cute little conversations. You turned 30. And that Mm -hmm. was like divorce party slash birthday party. (laughs) Yeah. And now, I mean, it looks like you're going to turn 31 and you bagged yourself a... Bagged myself a man. Yeah, and quite a nice servant. Oh my gosh. He is wonderful. My ex and I had been separated already for almost a year when my boyfriend and I met. So I've been out of that relationship for two years now. Life changes. You never know what happens. That's true. You never know if you don't go. You never shine if you don't glow. That's from the Talmud of Smash Mouth. Yeah, so that's my main thing. I mean, I could talk for like another hour just about all the... Animal Crossing things I've been doing, but let's just leave it at that. I think I've bored the listeners enough with Animal Crossing facts. I am going to ask you at the end of this episode how you made so much freaking money because I'm getting annoyed with grinding for bells. Oh, turnips, baby. Turnips. But not with time travel? No, not with time travel. Ugh, so tedious. I already sold my turnips for this week. I don't know. I just feel like my gains on the turnip market are so modest. You got to put down like 500,000 bells. You got to grind to get your first 500,000. Then you Mm -hmm. throw it in the market. Yeah, I think I might do some turnip travel today. So you're going to time travel. You're just like cheating. You're just blatantly cheating. Bitch, one, shut the fuck up. Okay, no. Two, it is not cheating. Cheating implies that it in some way impacts someone else, first of all. 
Ooh, somebody's offering me something I really want in Animal Crossing on the Discord server I'm a part of. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Anyway, enough Animal Crossing talk. Don't criticize me. Everyone plays Animal Crossing in their own way, bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why don't you tell me this Talmud you're so excited about? All right, well, today is a Word of the Week episode. Word of the Week. A word for the week. And the word this week is Chol. Chol. Chet Vav Lamed. Chol. Mm. And Chol means many things, but uh, <laughs> one of the things it means is sand or a sandy oh. region or fine sand, especially Sand used for glass making, so high quality sand. High quality sand. I'm glad Hebrew has a specific word for high quality sand. Oh yeah, hole is the stuff that you make the you know the vases out of. That's like the Svorsky crystals. Right. It's the KB of sand. What's KB? <laughs> KB is a weed term. No one really uses it anymore. But when I first started smoking weed, I lived in Oklahoma, where the lingo is behind by about 15 years. KB stands for kind, but it means like like strong weed. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty old. <laughs> it's the sand used for like, you know, the good shit. And it also can metaphorically mean a large quantity. Oh. Sand is quite abundant. You can see the relationship between the two. The definition that I am most excited about is whole is a phoenix. Ooh, what the f- Fuck. Uh, what do you know about phoenixes? What do I know about phoenixes? Well, I am a nerd, so it is a few things. But what I think of as the phoenix, it's a bird, possibly a fiery bird that is like eternally reborn from its own ashes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Those seem like the main qualifications to be a phoenix. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Phoenix, sand, you use the fire, make the nice glass. Phoenix is this Mm -hmm. beautiful bird, this mythological bird, and it lives forever. And I think there's a connection there to abundance, Mm -hmm. a great abundance of life. Chol only appears in Tanakh once, and that's in Job 29.6. For context, what's happening here is Job is talking to himself and he's saying, Oh, I remember those times before all this shit went down and I was in the good graces of God. And he proceeds to list a bunch of characteristics about his life that were so great. Oh, all my friends loved me. All the animals bowed down to me. Life was really good. One of my favorite things that he says is line six. Birho halika behema vatsur atsuk imadi palge shamein. When my feet were bathed in cream and rocks poured out streams of oil for me. The good old days. Wow, right, yeah. Of course, everyone remembers that phase of their life where those things were happening. We discover in this line that he was a Saudi prince. Yeah, I guess so. Oy vey. (laughs) He was an oil baron. He was definitely an oil baron of some kind. But then when we get to Job 29.18, Mm-hmm. Vomer im kini egva vakahol arbe yamim. I thought I would end my days with my family and be as long lived as the phoenix. So this is the only reference to hole in all of Tanakh, and it's referencing phoenix, this mythological bird that originates 
arguably in Egyptian mythology or Greek mythology. It's a little debated which one it comes from, who cross-fertilized who. But I just think it was very interesting to discover this word, Hellenistic mythology, is just creeping into our Tanakh. Yeah, I love that you brought this up because when I was a child growing up in a very strict evangelical household and, you know, as a little queer baby, I was always reading fabulous young adult fantasy books and sort of wishing that I would be like one of the characters in them and be swept away to a world of magic. Mm -hmm. And I would always find references like this in Bible to mythological creatures like the Leviathan comes up every so often and there's some stuff about a biblical unicorn. I would always find those references. And since in my family, it was sort of taught that everything in the Bible was literally true. You know, I just assumed that that was proof that like magic was out there and I could be swept up one day into a magical world. I do believe that magic is out there, Hava, and you can yeah. get swept up into a magical world. Well, I think I've already been swept up into a magical world. Thank God. I know, that's true. I think I'm slowly being swept. Oh, isn't it pleasant? Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Okay, so there's another type of bird, which scholars and enthusiasts also assume is a phoenix that occurs in Tanakh. Oh, okay. And this word is Z's. Zion, Yud, Zion, which means moving creatures and also abundance and fullness. It occurs in Psalm 50, line 11. Yadati hol of harim vaziz shada imadi. I know every bird of the mountains, the creatures of the field are subject to me. Wild, I want to be like that. They don't have to be subject to me, but I do want to know every bird of the mountains. Ziz Shada is uh, moving creatures of the field. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the verse, it refers to mountainous birds, Kol Of Harim. The rabbis make a connection between these uh, creatures of the field and the birds of the mountain, and they assume these creatures of the field, these Zif, are these birds in the mountains, and that's how they make this connection of the word Zif to a phoenix. This is what we have basically in Tanakh talking about phoenixes. I did mention that the rabbis do talk about phoenixes, and so there's other places where we have some Jewish references to this whole sand phoenix and mm-hmm. Zeev, this moving creature phoenix. So let's jump to a source that I think is familiar to you, Hava. <laughs> Talmud, Sanhedrin 108b. Sanhedrin 108b. Rav Hanabar Binza says something. He just pulls this out of his ass. No idea where this comes from. (laughs) He's relating a story that Shem, Noah's son, is telling to Abraham's servant, Eliezer. Because remember, they live a really long time. So Shem is like telling Eliezer about Noah. And he says, Noah found the Urshina lying in the back of the ark. He asked it, do you want any food? He replied, I saw that you were very busy, and I did not want to burden you. He, Noah, said, may it be his will that you may never die, as it is written, I thought I shall die with my nest and multiply my days as the whole. In Job, a reference to Job. Oh, this is crazy. It is nuts. So now we have this Urshina, some sort of creature called an Urshina, was chilling in the ark. Noah was going around feeding all the animals, and he was really hungry. He was not eating himself. It was really hard taking care of all the animals. He had to feed the ones that ate at night at nighttime, and the day at the daytime, no time for himself. And when he comes to the phoenix, the phoenix is like, I see you're really busy. Just don't worry about me. (laughs) 
And so Noah's like, okay, thank you. You get to live forever. Wow. And that's why the phoenix lives forever. There you go. This is truly just like a children's book, like why the mosquito buzzes in your ear or something like that. It's truly wild. This is not the only place, though, that the Talmud talks about phoenixes. Oh, no. Okay. No. Bava Batra 73b. Tell us about it. Okay. Some rabbi that I don't know. I think it might be the same (laughs) rabbi. Who knows? He says, once we went by boat and we saw that bird who was standing up to his ankle in the water, his head reaching the sky, we said, there must be no deep water here, so we want to go down and cool ourselves. But a botkol came out and said to us, don't go down there because a carpenter's axe was once dropped there seven years ago, and it has still not reached the bottom. Wow. But not because the water is deep, but because it is rapid. Said Rabbi Ashi, that is the Z's, as it is written, Z's of the field with meat, like in Psalms. This bird I saw that was so strong, it could stand in this rapid water. This rapid water was so rapid that if you dropped an axe in it, it would never touch the bottom. This powerful ass bird. Right. This incredibly buff bird. <laughs> Super buff, legs in the water, only does leg day at the gym. Head in the sky, this bird that we saw while we were in a boat one time, that was definitely a phoenix. I'm for sure going to call this episode Order of the Phoenix. Oh, well, you better. Hava. This was crazy. Scintillating. Incredible. I was rolling around in Jewish phoenix mythology. (laughs) In ecstasy. This is just the standard stuff. We're just talking Tanakh and Talmud right right now. This is just the boring phoenix mentions. This is boring shit. Okay, there are deep cuts. Around the same time that the Talmud's being redacted, perhaps a little bit earlier, 300 to 500 AD, we find ourselves in... Bereshit Rabbah, we have a passage that takes place in the Garden of Eden between the serpent and Eve. Rabbi Joshua of Sinkins is said in Rabbi Levi's name, the serpent began to speak slander of his creator, saying, of this tree did he eat and then created the world. Hence he says to you, you shall not eat from it so that you may not create other worlds for every person hates his fellow craftsmen. Judah ben Shimon goes on. The serpent argued, whatever was created after his companion dominates it. Heaven was created on the first day and the firmament on the second. Does it not bear its weight? The firmament was created on the second and the herbs on the third. Do they not interrupt the waters? Herbs are created on the third and the luminaries on the fourth and the birds on the fifth. Rabbi Judah ben Shimon said, the Z's is a clean bird. And when it spreads its wings, it darkens the orb of the sun. You were created after everything in order to rule over everything. Make haste and eat from the tree of knowledge before he creates other worlds which will rule over you, as it is written. And the woman said that it was good. Eve accepted the words of the serpent. My mind is fully blown. (laughs) Yes, it's fucking crazy. So now the snake is using... The phoenix as an example of how the, the younger something is. The more powerful. <laughs> and phoenix, phoenixes, you know, they're birds. They're created on the fifth day. And they can, like, fucking cancel out the sun. So, <laughs> Eve, you better eat because if God keeps eating. <laughs> right. He's going to make a younger, hotter creature. He's going to make a younger, hotter Eve. And presumably <laughs> younger, hotter phoenixes. 
Right, exactly. And that's why the whole, the whole economy of desire in the Bible is thrown off by the sexier and sexier phoenixes. There you go. Sexy phoenixes. They're dangerous. Okay, so it goes on. Eve took the fruit and ate, and she also gave it to her husband. Also is an extension. This means that she gave the cattle, beasts, and birds to eat of it. All obeyed her and ate of it, except one bird. Of course. Called whole. As it is written in Job, I thought I shall die with my nest and shall multiply my days as the whole. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. This myth is saying the reason why the phoenix lives forever is it refused to eat from the tree of knowledge where all the other animals ate from the tree of knowledge. So again, similar to the Noah story, the phoenix refused to eat and Noah was like, you're going to live forever. The phoenix Mm -hmm. refuses to eat again. And that's why it's going to live forever. Oh, my gosh. At this point, how much more Phoenix can you take, Hava? (laughs) I really don't think I can take much more. I've become overwhelmed by Phoenix power. I'm worried the Phoenix is going to block out the sun, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Give me one more Phoenix blast to the face. Two more Phoenix blasts coming. An even deeper cut. Three Baruch. It's a Hellenistic Jewish text written between 70 and 300 AD. The only surviving copies are in Greek and Old Slavonic. Oh, I think I've actually heard of this text before. Baruch, who's Jeremiah's scribe, Mm -hmm. his vision of heaven. The angel took me, brought me to where the sun goes forth, showed me a four-wheeled chariot under which there was fire, and upon the chariot sat a man wearing a fiery crown. The chariot was drawn by 40 angels. Okay. Right. Just classic. Greatest hit stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And behold, a bird runs along before the sun as oh, large no. as large as nine mountains, Hava. As large as nine mountains? That's too large. What kind of bird is this? This is the guardian of the world. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord, how is he the guardian of the world? Teach me. And the angel said to me, this bird accompanies the sun and spreading its wings absorbs the fire-shaped rays. For if it did not absorb them, none of the race of men would survive, nor anything else that lives. Whoa. So the bird is like the ozone layer? We need more phoenixes to, like, prevent global warming. The real reason that there's global warming is because we've run out of phoenixes. Exactly. We've run out of phoenixes. Which raises the question, what happened... To the phoenix. I mean, who knows what happened to the phoenix? Baruch asks the angel, what does the phoenix eat? And the angel says, he eats the mana of heaven and the dew of the earth. Does he produce excrement? And the angel says, he produces a worm. And the excrement of the worm is cinnamon, which kings and rulers require. (laughs) What? Yes. This bird Uh... poops a worm, which itself poops cinnamon. Which is so good that, like, only the kings and rulers eat it. Wow. Wow. I don't even know. I've been blasted in the face with worm poop, you know? I know, I know. Which I love. I'm glad you're enjoying the blasting. One final blast, one final deeper, deeper cut. Fuck us all up. Leviticus Rabbah, another Talmudic era midrash. A bunch of rabbis are hanging out and they're talking about God is going to say to us in the end Mm -hmm. times during the resurrection. And God is going to say, as recompense for what I've forbidden you, I'm going to allow you a couple things. For the prohibition of certain fish that you weren't allowed to eat, you're going to get to eat the Leviathan. Which I assume is the most delicious fish ever created. Yes. It's described as a clean fish. Very clean fish. (laughs) I love nothing better than a clean fish. And as recompense for the prohibition of certain fowls, 
You shall eat the Z's. Oh my gosh. You will eat the Phoenix. Why is it called the Z's? Well, Z's is an acronym for Zevaze, which is, means this and that. Just like it possesses many kinds of tastes, this kind of taste and that kind of taste. It's a very delicious bird. That is why it's called the Z's. That is why we all know the Phoenix is very delicious. Oh my gosh. So what I'm hearing is that there's global warming because we're in the end times because God let someone eat the Phoenix. Hava, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this information. I really don't know what to do either. We have Phoenixes that live forever. We have Phoenixes are delicious. We have Phoenixes used by the serpent to argue that Eve needs to eat from the tree of knowledge. Phoenixes refusing to eat themselves and therefore being blessed by God. With eternal life. Phoenix here, phoenix there, phoenix everywhere. All from these two little words, whole and zeev. Whole, sand, zeev, moving creatures. We even have some cinnamon. It's amazing. This is an episode that has something for everybody. Wow. Well, Michael, I'm dazzled. I'm dazzled as if I was dazzled by the brilliance of both the flavor and the light of the beautiful, giant, buff, humble phoenix. <laughs> I think whoever wrote this shit just had a real hot spot for phoenixes. Well, that was incredible, Michael. Thank you for blessing us all with all of that. I don't even know how to describe it. Wisdom, sluttery, phantasmagoria. It really got me riled up. Well, listeners, I hope it got you riled up as well. I hope you'll join us for our regular episode this week. We'll be continuing the Kosher Pork series. We got some really exciting stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And of course, thank you all so much, dear patrons, for making this kind of insane Talmud bullshit possible. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye everyone. Bye.